Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. church today. We're so glad that you're with us. Also, can we welcome everybody who's with us online also? We're glad that you're here. If you are a Facebook person, we would love it if you just got on Facebook and shared this live video uh, with your friends. A great way for people to maybe encounter church um, without coming here. It's a great first step for people uh, many times, I think, who are de-churched or unchurched, just to watch church online. And so uh, just a great opportunity to click the the share button uh, today. So we are doing something a little different. This morning is going to be really out of the box, I think, for uh, maybe a lot of people. Uh, We're going to do a bit of a QA and a session today, and and it's going to feel like a different type of church service, um, which for some of you I think will be really great uh, just to kind of have a, a back and forth conversation. A lot of times church is where somebody gets up and they talk at you and you sort of listen and then go home, but we want to we wanna interact with you. And so throughout the next year, this is something we're trying. It's a bit of an experiment, but between our teaching series, we're just going to stop and pause for a week and we're going to do these sessions throughout the year and allow this to be sort of a feedback back and forth conversation about the topics uh, that we We've been covering over the over the series, and and maybe even some other questions ju- that just come up. And so, at any point during this morning, we would love it if you would text in questions. Many of you have already given us plenty to work with, uh, but if you're here today and there's something that you're wrestling with about your faith, uh, specifically about technology and just drawing boundaries with that, but also if there's just a faith question that you have, uh, text that in. We would love to 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 see that. And so they're going to be filtering those in the back. It's all anonymous, and so we're not going to come chase you down if. If you ask a question that you're like, I don't want anybody to know this was me. It's okay. Uh, it's all anonymous. Those questions will be filtered in the back and then sent to us. And then uh, as we're talking today, we'll, we'll try to answer those questions as they come up. Uh, a few other things, just kind of housekeeping things here today, by the way. Uh, the, the news just got out this, this week. The decision's been made. We're going to be launching into four services oh. in January. And so yeah, that's a praise that's awesome. God. That's amazing. That's awesome. And you, 11 o'clock people, uh, you see the need, don't you? Uh, there is just a need every week. We've been seating people in the lobby, um, which I appreciate that, you guys being willing to, to find a seat out there. But um, I'll be honest, if, if that's my neighbor 
or my mom who comes to the church for the first time and she's not able to be in this space, that's, uh, that's a problem for me. I'd love for everybody to be able to be in this room with us. And so we're going to be launching a, another service on a Sunday morning. So currently we have a 7 p.m. service on a Wednesday night that is the same as Sunday morning. It's actually the first service of the week. Come to that one. Come to that one. <laughs> We'd love it if, if as many of you as possible would migrate to 7 p.m. on Wednesday. That really helps us out on Sunday morning. And then on Sunday morning, we're going to be doing an 8.30, 10, and 11.30 services. And so uh, be thinking about where you'd like to go. And, and, and honestly, like this is for us a big deal because we want to continue to be a church that's here for our city. And we know that at some point it becomes a little difficult to invite your friends and their family when you're not even sure if you'll get to sit together at church. And, and, and for, for me, that's a problem. I want to make sure that we continue to make room uh, to continue to be a church that's here for our community and to continue reaching out. God, keeps bringing people, and uh, we just want to continue to manage that well and to continue to make disciples, and sometimes that means making a little bit more room. Uh, So that's going to happen. Also, today, I want to invite you to take part in something. Have you been downstairs yet? I mean, we are, it's coming along, and I just want to thank you parents, by the way, for checking in in the cold (laughs) uh, underneath the big red tent. I know that it's getting very wintry outside, and uh, that it's kind of freezing out there, but just, I promise you, it's just a a couple more weeks, we're going to be into the downstairs, and by the way, if if you're uh, somebody who has given to ACF Next Step and helped us to be able to take this this step as a church, um, and even if you haven't yet, we would love if you would go downstairs after church. Just go wander down there and see what's happened. There's a lot that's gone on. Uh, Feel free to to walk down there and just check out that space. But we want to ask you if you'd take part in helping us to furnish downstairs. And uh, this is something called fill the house. So we've raised the funds that it takes to build that place out, but we also need to put stuff in there. And so what we've put together is an online place where you can go on and you can, you can actually see all the items that are necessary for us to, to get ministry going downstairs. And as you go online and check out that website, it's going to say wish list, um, but Josh would tell you it's the needs list, actually. All of the things are, that they're going to need is, are on the website, and uh, they're not just random things. They're, ooh, that would be nice, or that'd be nice. It's, it's stuff they need to do ministry down there. Uh, I think currently there's about $14,000 worth of equipment that are still needed to launch into that space. So if your hands were cold today and you're wondering what you can do to speed up the process, get on there, get online, uh, go to fill the house. We would, somebody between services is like, how can we get in there quicker? I'm like, I have a job for you. <laughs> go onto this website and help us get things furnished and then we'll be in there as soon as we can. So there's tons of different stuff on there. Lots of stuff, yeah. Not super expensive items to more expensive items, but everything yep. that we definitely need. And this is Pastor Josh. If you don't know Pastor Josh, um, really excited to have him up here in on the conversation with us today. But this series that we've been in uh, is called Airplane Mode. And if you're brand new, it's been a conversation about technology. And here's kind of been our vision statement for this series. As we said this, we said, in this series, our hope is to learn how to use technology instead of being used by technology. As we take a deeper look at our digital appetites, we will begin to understand the God-given longings placed inside of every human being on earth. And over the past weeks, I think we've really seen that. Uh, As we talked the first week about Netflix and our our need just to be satisfied as people. And we talked about YouTube, and and Pastor Josh did a great job of just discussing this tension of, you know, wanting to know things, but also needing the process of learning and mentorship and growing. Uh, You know, we we talked about uh, Instagram, and Instagram was all about our true selves and being accepted for who we are. And then last week was about gaming, and we discussed having a vision for our lives and, and, and pursuing a greater purpose. Uh, for who we are. And so we've really covered how these things that we're drawn to identify these deep 
needs that God has actually put inside of our hearts as humans. And yet as people, what we tend to do is to try to seek fulfillment in anything but God. Uh, we're all drawn to other things, to, to find a way to, to live life apart from our creator, to try to fulfill ourselves uh, aside from God. And so we want to draw out those things, and, and I hope you've been part of that conversation so far. Um, but again, this is not anti-technology. We're not an anti-technology church. We're streaming online. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got iPads up here and stuff. We love technology. We just want to use it instead of being used by it. And this becomes a deeply uh, spiritual issue. This becomes a deeply spiritual issue when you start to dig down on it uh, because uh, technology can really rob a lot from us as well. And so we're going to launch into some questions. Text yeah. us in if, uh, if you would, would be able to do that. We'd love to hear from you today. So the first thing that came in, uh, last week we got a question. This person says this. He said, so is playing VR, virtual reality, a sin or is it a sin when you let it become all-consuming? So this was the gaming week and um, interestingly enough, I had the, the, the virtual reality goggles up here, and we got together in staff meeting the day after, and typically we debrief from, from our, our Sunday morning, and, and I get to hear all the things that I said that didn't come out right, and one of the things that the staff was like, hey, you kind of you came out a little wrong when you, I was talking about how um, sin is sort of like our own virtual reality. It's us seeking fulfillment apart from what God says is truest about us. And so I was like, man, like sin is like our own virtual reality. And then I had the goggles and I'm like, I grabbed the, the goggles and I was like, see like this, this is sin, right? And they're like, yeah, it kind of sounded like you said the goggles were sin, um, which wasn't my point. Uh, the point is, you know, that we pursue other things, this virtual life uh, apart from what God says is best and that's sin. So the thing is, um, gaming, uh, internet, you know, being on your phone, none of these things are inherently wrong in and of themselves, and so, so once again, what you're not going to get from this community is sort of this shame for enjoying yourself or shame for recreation or shame for owning a device. You know, you're never going to hear, man, you shouldn't have bought that phone because there's somebody starving across the world who you could have fed with the money for that phone. I, you know, you're not going to hear that. But at some point, uh, we do have to look at the way that we spend our time and our energy and ask the question, has this become my God? Yeah. Has this become my focus? And, and the, this person uses the term all-consuming. Like, is something wrong or is it wrong when it becomes all-consuming? So I, I would just encourage you to define what all-consuming really is. Mm-hmm. And if it's your time, I would tell you that something doesn't have to steal all your time for it to steal your vision. And so we want to we think about this, not just like, oh, I spend, you know, more time doing this than that. Just think about where your, where your heart is and what your energy is poured into and what your finances are poured into. And what you'll start to dig down is to see the thing that ultimately you place first in your life. And in fact, there's this passage in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is dealing with, um, with this idea of money becoming a, an idol, this thing that, that is worshipped. Money isn't bad. Again, a lot of, it's a misquoted verse that people say, think that like money is the root of all evil, but it doesn't say that, does it? It says the, the love of money is the root of all evil. This is what Jesus says in verse 21, he sa- and this is the message translation. He says, isn't, or it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. And, and skip ahead to verse 24, he says this, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. 
So Jesus is making a point about money, but I would make the, the same point about uh, gaming or Instagram or your phone or your computer or whatever it is that consumes your thoughts and your time. At some point, we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to say, is, has this become the, the intention and focus of my life? Does this drive my thoughts? And do I spend more time kind of considering and ruminating on this than I do about God himself? And so that's worth, that's worth wrestling with. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've said in the other services, like, we did not invent putting things before God, right? Like, with our modern technology, it's so easy to think, right. oh, we have this technology and it distracts us now. No, that's been happening since, you know, the beginning of time. Right. And so, it's this, like Brian said, this understanding of what is taking rule over your heart and over your thought process. And that's how you can really decide, like, is my intent in my daily life, is it to glorify God? Um, or do I just live for this thing, you know? And, and so that's where you can kind of start to understand, like, man, maybe I am giving a little too much time and attention to, you know, gaming, because that's just what we talked about last week. But, you know, it could be anything. Or, or, or am I really, is my focus to glorify God in, in everything I do? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, some questions came in, and, and we've had tons of them. And this, is, this has been a lot of fun. But a couple came in uh, earlier this week that... Um, that I loved, and so I just want to kind of hit through some of them real quick because they're more quick answer ones, but uh, this one was, you mentioned during the YouTube talk um, that we don't teach because we don't know. If there was a single book of the Bible or a single story to help us uh, get started down down the path of knowing, what would that be? Great question. I love how they finished it off with just complete honesty. This question's for millennial, so of course I want the easy answer. Um, Thank you for your honesty. A great question that we talked about we don't teach because we don't know. And and what I also didn't get to unpack as well as I would have liked to a couple weeks ago is sometimes this idea of teaching just becomes so intimidating to us so we don't teach. Like this idea of like, well, I don't have all the answers, so I better not say anything. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you're never going to have all the answers. I'm never going to have all the answers. What we teach is what we do know. And so if you're in this room and you're able to articulate that Jesus Christ is God in flesh on earth and that he lived a perfect life and that he came and he died for our sins to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and he rose again from the dead, right? If you're able to articulate that and that it's by grace we are saved, men, you can articulate theology, Right? You can teach that simple truth and that powerful truth um, to your neighbors. And so you don't have to know all theology or all Bible to be able to teach. Don't be intimidated by this idea of teaching. And like I said a couple weeks ago, is the more we teach, the more we learn ourselves. Um, but back to the questions, where would I start? Um, man, here at ACF... Um, on our staff, our pastors, we are, are, are Christocentric is what we would say. All of our theology, all of everything we do is Christocentric, which just simply means that it is all through the lens of Christ. We read scripture through the lens of Christ. We teach through the lens of Christ, right? We, we, we counsel with people and we talk with people through the lens of Christ, that we believe that everything revolves around the person of Jesus Christ. And so um, to understand, to be able to just begin at that place... Um, if you're trying to learn and you want to learn to grow. Um, so let's start with Jesus in Scripture. Let's start with the life of Christ. And, and, and those are found in the Gospels. And if you're like, okay, give me one Gospel to start with. I want to read from beginning to end one Gospel. I would probably suggest uh, the book of John, and here's why. 
is because John, uh, a little bit different than the, the other Gospels, like each Gospel is written to a different audience, um, but John's Gospel is kind of, I think he's attempting to write to everybody, but really what he's attempting to do is help us understand this very important point, that Jesus is God. That is the theme, that is the tone of the book of John. I mean, from beginning to end, the very first verses we get are, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh. Like, it is all about Jesus. And so, um, I would say start there and hear and learn and read the life of Christ as understanding that He is God. Yeah, Yeah, and I would say, at the same time, don't get so lost in learning theology or understanding that you uh, forget to apply the Scriptures. I think, I think... Uh, Christians, most of us today are educated way beyond our obedience. Mm. Uh, can we, can we admit good. that? That we know a lot more than we actually do. And uh, probably with the understanding of theology that my 11-year-old daughter has, yeah. um, we could live incredibly powerful life transform, transforming uh, existences just with that, you know. And so I would encourage you that you will teach people more by what you do than by what you say. We know this, right? But as Christians, we forget that. We forget, man, it's like, man, my neighbor, they believe this, they believe in this religion, or here's what they're pursuing, and I want to I wanna talk apologetics with them, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But have you just shoveled their driveway this year? Um, have you just, you know, helped them uh, out with a project around the house? Have you watched their kids when they just need to go on a date night? Can we just begin to serve people? And you're going to teach people more about Jesus than, uh, than probably any of your theology will ever teach them. Uh, and then they might actually be open to hearing what you do believe about who Jesus was. So. Can you stop convicting us this morning? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Hold off on that. Uh, no, nah, that was an awesome point. Um, I love this question. Great one. Since the theme over the last couple of weeks has been technology, what are some of your favorite apps, podcasts, uh, to help understand um, you studying the Bible and stuff? Well, my favorite app is probably, I would say, the fantasy football app. Stay on top of that. Um, <laughs> So what I'm, He's you on think, it right now. I'm on it right now. Uh, great question. How do we redeem technology? Right? I, I talk a lot about this. It's funny. I get, I've gotten to discussions, we'll call them, with people who are like, we got to stop. You know, I, I tell teenagers or I tell adults, stop reading the Bible on your devices. Like, you got to get back to paper Bibles. And like, why? Like, they're not more holy, right? Like, when, when we started printing Bibles, when they started printing, that was, you know, that was rebellious, right? We're like, that was technology of the day. Um, and we have this available to us. And so the first app I would say you definitely need is the ACF Church app. You know, download that. It it's will a change your it's life. It's a winner. Um, <laughs> No, uh, so just for me personally, I, I really like the YouVersion Bible app. There's some great features in there. It will, it will uh, send you a verse of the day. Maybe you've heard of that before. Maybe so, a lot of you guys probably follow that. And I just love waking up, you grab your phone in the morning, and there, there's a Bible verse there. The first thing you read in your notification is Scripture. Um, I think a great way to start the day out. And then there's some amazing reading plans. Like if you're someone who struggles to be in the Word and you're like, I don't know where to start, go there. Like there's reading plans that you can follow where there's like hundreds of thousands of other people that are following the same reading plan and you're kind of walking through it together. Even like life groups, you can, you can set up your own reading plan or you can say, hey, as a, as a life group, we're going to follow this reading plan together. Yeah. A great tool. Um, if you do want to go a little deeper into some theology and, and read commentary, which is like what people... People are kind of unpacking scripture. Uh, there's also a free app for that called Blue Letter Bible. Uh, it's an amazing app for, for getting into commentary and, and maybe unpacking scriptures even a little bit more than that. 
Yeah, I, uh, so I use Logos Bible Software, which is a great resource. Um, it is a little spendy depending on what you buy, but uh, that's a great way to kind of study the Word. But, you know, a free website, I go, I go to Bible Hub all the time, and Bible Hub's got just tons of different uh, resources there. There's commentaries, just kind of a go-to, Matthew Henry's commentary. If you just get to a scripture and you don't know what to do with it, um, there's all kinds of great wisdom there as well. And then there's always like a, an interlinear option, so you can see the Greek and you can see the Hebrew and the language. And, and, and honestly, without any Bible background at all, you can start to see what the uh, intentions of uh, the original writer was for that text. And so I'd encourage you to do it and don't be intimidated by that, but get on there and study that. I think that's a, that's a great resource as well. And there are tons of questions coming in and really good ones. Did my eyebrow piercing hurt? It did not. <laughs> it didn't hurt that much at all. Somebody else asked, um, what, uh, what was the movie that made me cry? I talked about that last week. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just not going to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave that there. Um, um, here, here's a great one. Brian, why don't you look for the next one you want to answer. Uh, how can I tell the difference between when God is talking to me, putting something on my heart, versus something that's just coming from my natural intuition? Um, great question. Um, and I, I think, in, in, in maybe in a simplistic way, I'll talk to that real quick. Um, is this thing that you're thinking of, like, first of all, God speaks through our own thoughts. Like, he can use our, our intuition, if you would, like the word that they use. He can use that to speak to us. Um, but when, when you're thinking about something, when you're processing information and trying to make decisions or trying to know how to handle situation, the question I always come back to myself is, is this going to glorify God? Do my thoughts bring me to a place of glorifying God? If my thoughts are bringing me to a place of, of glorifying God, then those are godly thoughts. And, and those, are, those are things that I should be focusing on. If, if my thoughts bring everything back to me, well, that's probably my own um, self kind of interrupting my thought process or being my thought process. Um, there's these two, two words that I like to use. There, there, there's this word called um, desolation. And you may have heard this word before, desolation. But a desolation or a desolating thought process are thoughts that, that as they, if you would imagine, like something swirling around and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. My thought process that becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and where it ends is on me. At the end of the day, my thought process, they desolate to me. And, and that kind of brings me to a place in that... In, 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 um, You'll hear people talk about this, and this brings us as, as, as a culture to a place of anxiety and depression and fear because at the end of the day, I know I'm not enough. And so when my thought processes come down and they end up on me, that's where a lot of anxiety kind of comes from um, and, and discontentment and those types of things. And then consolating thought processes are the exact opposite of that. It's a thought process that expands bigger, bigger, and bigger, and what it's doing is it's moving away from me and it's going towards God. And when my thought process bring me towards God and bring me to a place of glorifying him, of worshiping him, of, of thinking about, man, how do I advance the kingdom of God in my life, even in simple ways like at work, at school, in the classroom, whatever it might be, those are consolating thought processes. And so that's a way to kind of tell, is this from God or is this just kind of my own selfish desires um, in, in, my, in my, my thought processes pushing out towards him or are they coming back to me at the end of the day? 
I was just thinking desolation of smog when you said desolation. desolation. <laughs> There's that too. Goes. Great. Um, a couple okay. questions. At my school, we have an esports club. Would joining this club be too close to letting games rule over my life? It's a competitive club. I don't think so. Uh, but you have to de- you have to de- determine like yeah. how much time is this taking? No more than joining like you know a basketball team or right. a football team. Right. Again, the, the the difference is I think with technology is that it's everywhere with us. Yeah. Right. You get done at, at basketball practice, you go home. Um, but this kind of goes everywhere with us. And so you just need to be wise in drawing boundaries on it. And that's why for the past month, we've been talking about taking a fast from technology. Yeah. People fast from a lot of different things, but it really has taken over our time and our energy. And so uh, just be wise about that. You, if you're honest, if you really want to know if it's wrong, you should definitely ask God. You should definitely yeah. pray. You should definitely spend a few minutes and maybe even ask people in your life, I know it's terrifying sometimes, but ask people who love you and know you well, has this become too much to me? Has this become an obsession in my life? And um, if you really want to know, people who love you will tell you, and then you can take a step forward. So I think that's a, that's a great question. This other person asks about uh, video games. This person says um, that uh, me playing video games is actually causing tension in this person's marriage and uh, that his wife questions his um, commitment to his family because of that. And I would just tell you that I think that's worth considering and spending some time going like, in the end, um, on your deathbed, nobody's going to care about what level you got to on Candy Crush or on, you know, whatever the game is on Fortnite. That's like, nobody's going to care. You're not going to care. It's just not going to matter. You're going to wonder what you could have done to spend more time with your kids. And you're just going to wonder, did I invest in my marriage well enough? And, And so just... Sometimes it's important to think through that lens and, and, and to know that I believe, like, as men especially, like, we're just meant to be wrung out for the gospel. Yeah. And that a lot of the frustration in our lives comes from the fact that we've just forgotten what it means to pour ourselves into things and to work hard for something. And, and I get it. Like, I am prone to laziness. I have a temptation just to want to go home and kick on the TV. And then my kids are playing all around me. And I've just been convicted lately that I need to get on my knees and play with my kids, yeah. not just around my kids. And that's, that's so hard. But let me encourage you, dads, get on, get on the floor with your kids. Make a phone call to those college kids that have, you know, moved away. Make some time for mentorship in, their, in, in relationships with them. And know that, honestly, in the end, uh, your gaming is not something that will probably make any difference on the value of your life. Um, so, again, it's not bad. It's not wrong. But be honest with yourself. Um, as you seek for, for a deeper vision. So. so many questions. Uh, how do we find vision um, when the struggles in our life feel never-ending and consume our every waking moment? That's a great question. I think a lot of people would consider themselves in that place. Like, you're talking vision. I'm just trying to talk about waking up tomorrow, right? Like, being able to survive to get to a job, to find a job, you know, those, those kind of things. It, the, the pressures of this life are real. We're not up here going like, hey, man, if you just worship God, it all goes away. No, that's, that's not the case. But what, what, we, what we want, oh, man, if we could understand that it's not away from these things if we can find God. In other words, like when I can learn to worship God in the midst of my struggle, not apart from my struggle, um, that's where real freedom and peace come in. And, and how do we find vision when I'm just trying to make it through my day and everything seems all-consuming to me? Um, I would say a couple of things. First of all, man, we're told over and over again that gratitude is kind of a, a, a key piece of freedom in that. When we can learn to be grateful for what we have, what that does is that turns our attention to God. 
when I can go, man, things are tough right now. I don't have a job. My car's broken down. Our pets' heads are falling off, right? Like (laughs) when things are really tough, when things are like half the audience got that and half have no idea what I'm talking about. So the dead bird to a blind kid? (laughs) I couldn't help myself. But when things feel like they're falling apart on us, we can still be grateful. We can still be grateful for what God has given to us. And so when we can turn our attention to that, that's the starting place to finding vision. It's a starting place to go, man, where am I drawn to in gratitude in my life? Where can I be grateful in my life? And then through that, and because of that, what we can start to do is A, start to turn our attention, and then B, the second piece of that, Scripture's pretty clear. When it, I love the Scripture when it says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Mm. That when we start looking to our neighbors to go, man, I am struggling right now, but I can still serve. I can still be a blessing to somebody else. And it, it might not look how I think it's supposed to look like. Maybe I can't fund something. Maybe I can't give a bunch of money. But what I can do, I'm going to do something simple. It's just that story of the child with the fish and the bread. He doesn't have much, but all of a sudden it becomes a blessing to many. And, and when we can turn our eyes, again, those consolating thoughts, not desolating. Why am my problems? It's a struggle for me. And I'm not saying your problems aren't real. And I'm not saying it's not a real struggle. But to get into a mindset of, okay, now I can start to even think about vision is when I can start to, first of all, figure out what I'm grateful for. Secondly, serve each other, serve my neighbor, serve my kids, serve whatever it is, and turn those thoughts off me, it brings me to a place of then of worship. Yeah, you, you really can't afford to not have a vision. Um, yeah. We tend to think a vision is like, you know, that's like Christianity 2.0, you know, if yeah. you're really like, if you're a deep Christian, you've got this big vision for your life, it's really what drives all of your life, is having a vision. And I think, I think you need to, we need to get off of seeing that as like an additional thing. Right. But when you become a believer in Jesus, you become about what Jesus is about. And it, and it shapes the way that you live in every single way. We got this question. This person says, uh, what if I don't have goals or dreams? What if I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going in this life? If I don't have any of these, how am I supposed to have visions in life? What would I have to do to get there? Really great question. Um, if you got a pen and you want to be like a, a great student today, write down these three words. Write down where, who, and how. Where, or where, how, and who. Where, how, and who. These are words that kind of describe our vision and our goals and our values. So the most important thing is we know like where are we headed in life. And so for us as a church, we talk about this, that it's our vision that it would be in Alaska as it is in heaven. And again, we didn't make that up. We stole it from Jesus. Um, this is, Jesus teaches us to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. He gives us a, a vision statement to work with. And so we've just said, okay, so we live in Alaska. It's our prayer that it would be in Alaska as it is in heaven. And you might think, well, what does that mean? That means to serve like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus. I mean, that means to, to do all of these things means that we're bringing a little bit of heaven to everywhere we go. And so that's the, that's the where, but then there's the how. Well, the how is our goals, and we have to figure out, if we're going to bring heaven to Alaska, what are the things we want to do? What are our goals? What are the practical steps that we're going to take to get there? And then there's the question of who, which is, who do I need to be to be able to accomplish this vision? Because if I don't become the, the man that God has called me to be, then I'm not going to take steps towards my goals, and I definitely won't accomplish the vision. So as a church, we have what are called values. 
And you see these things around, like we want to lead the way in generosity. Life is a mission, not a vacation. Life is better together. These are values that we have as a church so that we might pursue the, the, the goals and ultimately get to the vision. So I think this person was like, well, I don't have goals. How could I ever have a vision? What you need to do is get a vision, and what you'll get are then some goals. And once you get those goals, you'll start to see, well, okay, here's who I need to be to accomplish these things. And so for you, you don't have to be super creative. You don't have to, you know, get a special revelation from heaven. You just be like, the Bible says that we are to bring the kingdom to earth just like Jesus did and and to serve and love like Christ. And so when I do that, I'm living on on mission. I I have a bigger vision that I'm living for. But I also want you to know that everybody in this room, God might have something specific for you. Like there might be something in your heart that he's placed inside of you, like a more specific vision. And that's something worth praying about and, 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 and pursuing and, and, and beginning to explore. Uh, a term that we've used before that, I mean, I don't remember where it came from, but, but was, uh, is like a holy discontent. That, that Christians, we have this thing where something happens inside of us, that we look at the world or we look at a situation and we're like, man, that's just wrong. And, and something should be done about that. And in that place of discontentment is probably your vision. It's probably the thing that God wants you to be a part of the solution or to bring the kingdom to that dark area of our society. And so for you, I don't know, I've heard a lot of different vision statements from people. I've heard people say, I want to end human trafficking in my lifetime. Yeah. And that's something that if you're passionate about that and you've, you've seen the, the need and you've seen how broken that is, that you're just like, man, I'm going to be a part of creating a plan, setting some goals, starting maybe a nonprofit, and I'm going to try to work towards that goal. Or maybe when you were a kid, you didn't have anybody to mentor you. And you always felt isolated. So you're just like, you know what? I want every kid in our city to have a mentor. I want every one of them to have someone to look up to. So I'm going to start working with the Boys and Girls Club. Or I'm just going to start working with agencies downtown, with foster kids. And I'm going to start pursuing some things that would help achieve the vision that I have. What about Alaska? We live in a state with a massive rate of suicide. And maybe you've been affected by suicide. Maybe you're like, you know what my dream is? My dream is that Alaska would go 365 days without a suicide. And if that's your vision, which is amazing, then you're just like, okay, what are the steps that I can take? How do I start to, 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 to feed into health in this area of our culture? One of the things for me as a pastor, one of my visions is that we would help people to see church differently. Like the, the people in this room, maybe you're from a de-churched background, or maybe you went to church as a kid and you just, you, you're just coming back after years of being away, but we want to help people to see church differently so ultimately they can see God differently for who he is and not get lost in all the hypocrisy and all the messed up stuff that we know happens within the church. And so find your vision, but know that you don't have to be creative. God gives us all a vision together to bring little bits of heaven to earth. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. You want to do one more or? Yeah, let's do one more. We're running do out of time. More. Man, I wish we could do this all day. So, yeah, like, legit, you guys are asking some great questions. And unfortunately, we can't cover them all. But there'll be more time of this. So this is not the only time we're going to talk about this. Um, man, there's some heavy questions in here, too. Uh, this is a great one. I think we, we can, this is a good one to end on. Um, how, do I know, how do I know my faith is true and not fake? I want to be a true Christian, but I don't know yet how to know if my faith is working. Um, 
It's a great question. And, and that kind of ties in with another one here that says, um, how do I hear God's voice? If I don't hear it, does it mean that I don't have vision for my life? A lot of, a lot of these questions of, um, man, maybe you're, you're new to the faith, or maybe you've just been going to church your whole life, and you just kind of like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, cause, and then you're starting to realize, man, is there substance there? Is, is this really changing my life? How do I know that my faith is real? I think that's a great question to wrestle with. Um, I think Jesus throws this out there when he teaches. He, he, he tells a story that causes people to go, oh, am, am I... Am I, do I really have faith in him? I think that's an important thing to wrestle with. Um, and it's, a, it's not an important place to live in the sense of, we don't want you guys to live in this area of doubt. We, we, we won't, as Christians, we want to be certain of our faith. Like, that's talked about also. And so, um, man, we, we walked through this this summer, walking through the book of 1 John. Uh, John really tackles this. Yeah. Um, and, and a couple of things that John talks about, first of all, is like, do you have a love? Do you have a love for the church? Do you have a love for fellow believers? And it goes cross-cultural. It goes across, you know, political lines. It goes across all these things like, do I love other Christians? And if I'm starting to find a love for God's family in my heart, I would say, yeah, man, your faith is real. And it might struggle. You might have doubts. A real faith is not a doubtless faith. Um, And another question is, is sin in my life is it starting to, like, bother me? Do, do I see sin as something that, man, this is gross, this is something I need to change? And not even necessarily, like, have I gotten rid of it overnight, right? Is the sin gone in my life? That's, that's not what it is. But is there a heart inside of you going, man, I don't, I don't want this to be part of me anymore. How do I struggle and work to remove this out of my life? What are, the, what are my desires? And I think at the end of the day, um, someone who has faith in God and someone who, who, who's allowing their heart to be changed by God, their desires begin to change. Yeah. And decisions will follow. Like, yeah, I might continue to decide to, to fall into these things. Decisions will follow our desires. And so when the desires of my heart begin to change, I think it's a safe place to say, like, yeah, God is in my heart and he's at work in my life. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's both. It's, it, salvation is, it, it can, it's a momentary thing. I think there's a, and I can't tell you when that happens, but yeah. um, we do believe if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That so there's a moment that you realize that you need a savior and that if it's a legit um, thing in your life, that there is a transformation that happens there. Right. And so we talk about justification and, tra- and sanctification, that in a moment you are justified before God just as if you never sinned, mm-hmm. but then you're going to spend the rest of your life being sanctified, being made holy by God, and he's going he's gonna to root out this stuff. And so every Christian that you've ever met is in the sanctification process. Yep. And so we're on this journey together uh, learning how to believe God at his word and how to take what he says to be what's most true about us and most true about the world. And so if your pursuit is, is of that and you're looking towards that and you're uncomfortable with sin, I'd say be confident, be assured of your salvation. But if you spend time thinking about it and you're like, honestly, I just, I want God to get something from God. Like I don't have a vision. Yeah. I, I just don't want to live blind, right? I'm just afraid of going, like going to hell or spending... It, 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 when you catch a vision and you really catch what this life is about, you start to actually, I think, be assured of your salvation. Yeah. And then you start to work it out. You know, as James says, a faith without works is dead. And yet we're saved by grace, not by works. And so there's this tension that we live in um, as believers. But if you feel some tension there, that's probably a really good thing. Um, I think that we start to be uncomfortable, and you should be uncomfortable, if there isn't a tension in sin in your life. And, and really, to, to, here's the bottom line. To be able to say, oh man, 
I'm wrestling through this. Where's my faith at? Is it real? To be in the word of God, it's going to illuminate that to you very yeah. clearly. Like more than Pastor Brian and I could, could articulate with our own words. Uh, again, we just go back to scripture. What does scripture say? And you can't know what scripture says if you're not in it. Yeah. Right? You, you can't know what it says if you're not in it. And so, but it's, it's difficult. We get that. Like, it's hard to be in the Word every day. And so many people I talk to are, where do I start? I don't even know what to do. I kind of like randomly flip through the Bible. Okay, I'll read this. And so to, to know and to have a game plan of how to be in the Word of God is important. And so Pastor Brian wants to share about that. Yeah, we're going to do that together, actually. So um, if this morning hasn't been out of the box enough for you, it's going to get even more uncomfortable. So get ready for that. (laughs) Um, What we're going to do is something that we use as a platform to study the scriptures as a staff. It's something that we do in a lot of our groups. And it's something that we call SOAP. And SOAP simply simply, uh, stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So here's what I want you to do is, is grab the little insert that was on your seat. Everybody pull it out real quick and grab a pen. And we're actually going to do this together right now. Um, and, and some of you might be like, man, I'm so above this. And let me just assure you, you're not. Um, there's nobody that's above this. This is the fundamentals. That's like somebody, like a basketball p- player being like, I know how to spin a ball on my finger, but I can't shoot layups, right? You got to learn the fundamentals. And, and this is really, for me, what keeps me grounded every single day. And so I'm going to text stream with some people. And what we've been using as a platform is the Uversion Bible app. And what you get is, is, is the verse of the day. You can go on there and you can sign up for the verse of the day. And you can do this with a bunch of friends if you want to, and it'll be the same scripture. And then what I'm doing every single morning is that we're going to write this scripture out. And I just got a journal at home. It's sitting, you know, on my windowsill. And I pull that out every morning, and I write the scripture by hand with a pen, not with anything digital next to me. And then I'm going to write the observation, like what's actually happening in that scripture. And then I'm going to find an application. How does this change my life today? Like what what am I actually going to do with this? Not the things that I should do, but the things I'm actually going to do with this piece of scripture. And then I'm going to write a prayer like, God, I know that I can't do this alone. I know that I'm dependent on the power of your spirit to to help me to do this. And so God, would you give me strength to live in this truth today? And so what I want everybody in the room today, this is really exciting for me. I'm geeking out on this. Everybody's going to do this together is we're going to use the YouVersion Bible verse of the day. And so here it is. It's an interesting one too. So (laughs) Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5 says, as you do not know the way of the spirit, or the way the spirit comes to the bones in, which the womb, in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. So it's, it's essentially a scripture speaking about um, the immeasurable nature of God. How God is just huge and he's enormous and how we, we, we're never going to fully wrap our minds around God. And yet at the same time, we know God is personal. And, and he comes in the form of Jesus, and he does want to know us in an intimate way. And so there's this really cool reality that's found in this scripture. So right now, I'm going to give you three minutes. And I want you right now to write down the scripture. And if, here's the thing. If you're not a Christian, um, or if you're brand new to church or whatever, do it, do it anyway. Um, you don't even have to believe this, but if you want to know some things about Christians and about Christianity, then you need to learn how to study the Bible. And so this is a simple way to study the Bible and to understand what the text is actually trying to say. So write down the scripture, observation, an application, and write down a quick prayer. And then at the end of the three minutes, I'm going to have you share the application with the person next to you. Um, And I know that makes a few of you uncomfortable. (laughs) If you have anxiety, just relax. It's going to be okay. You don't have to tell me your life story. Just share like a quick application of that text. So go ahead, three minutes. 
If you're online, you can join with us as yeah. well. Uh, write that out on a piece of paper, maybe if you're at a kitchen table or whatever, and join us, join us in this as well. All right, when you're ready, go ahead and turn to the person next to you. Just share a quick application. You can speak, uh, stand up if you need to, turn around, feel free, uh, and, and just share that for a second. We'll call you back in just a second. All right, all right. You don't have to give them a theology lesson. Just share the application. It's good. <laughs> so, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you and uh, pray for us that we would be able to take some steps forward in everything that we've talked about today. Um, I encourage you, if, if you've got questions about faith and you're just kind of wondering how to take a step forward, definitely go to our Engage table after service and we'd love to plug you into our next crash course and maybe connect you with a group where great, great discussions like this happen every single week. I was talking with a group leader um, before service today, and they were talking about baptism, and they were talking about all the different theological issues that everybody wrestles with. And so I'd encourage you, get answers, get into conversations so that you can deal with your, with your doubts and your struggles. That's really what we're about here, um, is being honest about those things. And if nothing more, if you do nothing more today, I just pray that you'll be able to maybe wake up tomorrow and, uh, and read and study the Bible. I read a statistic this week that said uh, 20% of Christians actually read their Bible consistently. 
So that would be like just this section. Well done. That'd be like just this section of this group reads their Bible consistently. And, and so um, we, let's change that. How about that? Can we just change that together? I think we can do this. So let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you want to speak to us right where we're at. And God, there's a lot of questions that we didn't get to. And um, man, some, some deep things that, that people in this room are wrestling with. And Father, I just thank you that you meet us right there, that you're not afraid of our doubts or our fears, not that you can handle our anger and our frustration with you or with church or with religion. God, you're big enough for all of that. And yet, God, you want to take us somewhere. Thank you, God, that you meet us where we are, and yet you want to take us to somewhere so much better. Father, I pray that you would move our hearts closer to you, that we could align our vision with your kingdom. And God, we could live for a greater cause than ourselves. We love you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.